G'day guys, welcome to the NRL Fantasy Preview for 2024 for the St. George Illawarra Dragons. TK and Corby to rip through this one. Now, Corby's your first potty for the year, and that could be the only time you play. You hear that team song this year, mate. Whatever. <laughs> I'm confident. <laughs> How you been, mate? It's good to be, see you back. It's always great to do a potty one-on-one with you, man. Yeah, no, it's been good. Um, I've... I had a, I had like a fairly good off season. I switched off pretty much totally, and then slowly got back into it the last few weeks. Been enjoying catching up, listening to you boys, and those. Uh, I actually halfway through the around the traps. Yeah, so nice. This will probably come out about a week later, but yeah, enjoying the content. It's good. I'm getting back into the groove, and obviously the footy talk is ramping up now. So. That makes it a lot easier getting back in the fantasy. To be fair, Corbs, you do actually have a real fantasy, uh, a real team, unlike us, that you've been helping out with the old 90s and the Hunter out there, man. So you just had a little win over the Draggies too, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah mixed feelings. Played Draggies in a trial game, beat them. Uh, they've been going good, and then there's a couple more trial games, and then the season kicks off. So it's been good. It's kept me busy. And that's, yeah, well, I was talking to you before, and that uh, – Gave me a bit of a backseat with the fantasy stuff, but it should finish end of March-ish, which there'll be a little bit of a crossover with a bit of fantasy starting about March. But, yeah, it works out pretty good timing-wise. Good stuff, Coles. Well, before we rip in, everyone get following Talking League Pod on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, or Talking League One on Twitter. You can find all our info at talkingleaguepod.com. Now, Corbs, the Dragons, they finished 16th on the ladder in 2023. 2024 games, Humley Sele, Cole Flanagan, Tom Eisenhuth, Corey Allen, who's unfortunately now been ruled out for the season with the ACL. Ronald Volkman was again until last week, and then obviously he's a scratching as well because of that shoulder. 2024 losses, Jaden Sullivan, Zane Musgrove, Billy Burns, Tyrell Fayumiano, Jaden Hunt, Nick Louis Tozo and Tao Tao Moga. Now, Corbs, looking at their first 10 games, because you see a little bit of strength there in the first seven or so games, but they open the season with the Titans. They've got the Finns, Cowboys, Manly, Newcastle, Tigers, and then into the New Zealand Warriors. But what are you, what are you looking at there in terms of the draw there, bud? Oh, I just think the, the first six rounds, in particular with their attack, and I know it's not great because they're probably going to be down the bottom of the table, but they play five of the last five of the bottom seven teams in their first six games, which is, is, is I think it's a bit of a win for Flenno in particular. And I, I think he's probably the only one that you could really start with unless someone really jumps out. I was looking at uh, Volkman before the Warriors did the dodgy and didn't tell the Dragons about his injury. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Flano, that he could be uh, reap a few benefits from that first six games, just a bit of a weaker draw. No game's easy in the NRL. But, um, yeah, I'm leaning towards Flano because of that. I think it, you haven't got too much to lose with uh, with him. Yeah, and the, the buy schedule's actually pretty good for them too, their corps. They play both, what, 13 and 19, mate. So another probably reason to at least be knowing who the good fantasy-relevant players are because there could be a pickup at some stage during the year. Yeah, well, Hunt's the only one that's probably going to come into origin contention. But even then, you touched on it in an uh, earlier pod, might have been towards the back end of 23, with B 
Walsh, he could get that 14 if Ponga comes out firing because you'd nearly have to have both of them there. Mm. And, I mean, Grant can play 80 and then Walsh just provides that bit of spark around the ruck. So, yeah, your, your blokes like Sua, Bird, Lomax, JDB over the origin, just keep in mind because with that round 13 and 19, it's against two heavily impacted origin teams in the Panthers and Broncos. Two good times to face both teams. So... That also could be a massive win as well for the Draggies. Jesus, Corbs, everyone's just gone to that TAB. They've just loaded up on the Draggies top eight, mate, after that comment. Oh, it's, I was looking for the spoon one just to see what the odds were there. And it's, <laughs> it's a two-horse race against the Tigers, and we play them uh, twice this year again. So the spoon bowler will be on again. <laughs> let's go. Let's rip in. Studs, duds, cashies, and breakouts for the fantasy season ahead. How good is this bloke? Corbs, Jack DeBellin, 793k, a break-even of 57. Had a career fantasy year last year, mate, playing huge minutes, average 68. Now, just having a look at kind of where we're predicting this 17 for round one, mate, his minutes might not drop. So he might not be a bad little bet, especially if you can't afford someone like a pain ass. Yeah, I think his minutes will stick around that 70, 65 to 70, but I think mm. it, it will say that 70 because... He just keeps going, like the motor on him. Uh, he increased his tackle count by 12 from uh, 22 to 23 season. Yeah, huge. So a lot of just base stats, it's it's boring, but he just racks up the fantasy points. Um, average, uh, and the two-hocker rotation is probably the other one that's probably going to help him out. I don't think Little will play 80. Uh, they've got that Connor Mulhusen. Flano was tipped to get the 14 before the whole Volkman situation, but uh, listening to that pod the other day I sent you through from Flano, mm. I don't know who who he was interviewing with or what radio station it was, but he said they've still got three spots in their roster and they're still in the market, four and a half, and we will get one. So they're still searching heavy. I mean, it's getting close to the season. Yeah. I'm trying to think who that That interview was with that Mark available. Thompson on that nine network, so for 2GB. And then Flano also did a Q&A with the Telegraph on the weekend as well. And the players that you just mentioned there, Little, uh, Mole, Heason, and then he obviously mentioned his son as well. He said that they might go to market next year unless one of these three steps up. So I think the jersey is actually quite open. Yeah, and I think that either either way, I think it's going to be a two-hooker rotation, which is a win for Jack DeBellin. The only thing is he's priced out at, about like you can maybe two or three points in value, but yep. he's pretty much priced out at um, at his best, right? What what is it? Yeah, yeah. And you're not going to get any real value. And I mean, at the start of the year, we're all about value. But he's one of those guys that I'd be targeting over the origin period. I would think because once you build up a bit of coin, he'd be perfect just to get on the run home. Even though they've got a bit of a tougher back third of the season, mm. that's not going to affect him because. With his game, that's probably a win, really. Absolutely. The only thing that I don't like about him is those little kind of behind-the-legs tackles and just the little hip drops. He just seems to be always in and around that ruck. Just gets me nervous, especially because he, he copped a suspension later in, late in last year as well. So you probably have some carryover there as well. But I don't mind him. If you can't fit Haas and you need, like, let's say, 80K, I actually don't mind the downgrade because the chances of the Bell and playing Origin are probably pretty slim, right? And you know that he's gonna right. he's gonna play big minutes. He's probably gonna score somewhere between. I project him somewhere between that fifty five and sixty. Corbs, what are you thinking? 
Yeah, I reckon he'll hover around there. Well, he's priced at the 57, 58. So, yeah, I think yeah. he's I think, not going to le- lose or gain money. He's just going to sit there and be that consistent scorer. Yeah, week in, week out. So just a, it's an alternative, yeah. but it wouldn't be my first preference in terms of uh, gun mid. Next guy here called was Ben Hunt, 696K break even of 50. Now, he's another year older. Again, Flano said that they can discuss at the end of the year if he still wants out. Now, very interesting in terms of his stats, the amount of demerits this guy has and still can score well is actually quite interesting. Like, And then 2022 to 2023, he lost three demerits, and then he went up, what, six points in fantasy. So he, has, he actually has room to improve. Yeah, that was an interesting one because, yeah, like you said, the sort of fixed a few things up in his game, and then um, the, the fantasy stats sort of showed a bit of a positive for him because he had a stinker in 22, yet on field he was like pushing M at certain points uh, back end of the season. The kick meters were down in 22 and that that probably concerns me because I think if Flanagan is in the halves with him, mm. he's going to chew up quite a few kick meters so and take I. them from Benny Hunt. So that would have to sort of try and increase or he'd want some increase in his running game. And with the running game and the attack, you also want a good attacking team. And the Dragons, I was talking to you just before we hit the uh, live button, that their attacking stats dropped two or three places. They were sitting 14th, 15th, maybe 11th was the highest, but they dropped in all attacking key stats uh, from 22 to 23. So... That's not good for your key half. With Flano coming in, Flano's always been a very defensive-minded coach. I'm expecting them to improve significantly in terms of the bread and butter stuff and then become a very good defensive side. I just don't know how, how he's going to improve their attack too much because it's never really been his style. Even when, like 2016, they kind of took it out of his hands a little bit because when you're running players like Barber, Bird, Homes all at their best, and then you've got Jimmy Maloney directing them around the park. Like you just score points, and then you've got an edge of Wade Graham and Luke Lewis. You don't really have to coach them that much on attack because there's just they're just really naturally gifted players. I just don't know where the points are going to come. But with Ben Hunt, I think that he's so he, he had a try assist a game, but he also had a few errors in his game because I think he was trying everything he could. I think his game will get simplified a little bit. I'm I'm in your boat. I think he's going to lose some kick meters. I think defensively he's going to be better. And we did speak earlier in the show about him being older and maybe him dropping out of the Origin team because year on year his role has become smaller in Origin. So if anyone's going to make way, I think it might be Ben Hunt. So Ben Hunt is someone definitely on my radar. It's just one of those things getting the price right. I think up 696 is a little bit toppy at the moment, especially for the uncertainty about how they're going to play, but he's definitely someone on my radar and someone on my watch list here, Corbs. Yeah, I like, I've chucked him in the stud category, but in saying that, I am not really going near him. You're either going for the absolute cherries on top, Hines and Cleary, or going down below that for a little bit of value in your Fogarty and maybe O'Sullivan. Well, we know that Ben Hunt, the, the best mid of Hunt is if he just loses patience, puts him into hooker, Flanner to seven, Bird to six. Like, then we're talking, I feel. Yeah. I'm still interested in the whole dynamics of the team because it's all he say sort of at the moment with the the Flanagan, what's he going to do? I think we're getting 
a little bit more clarity with positions and nothing major is going to change just going into round one through uh, a few photos on social media with their scrimmage. But, yeah, Hunt could be viable at some point, but, again, probably doesn't offer enough value in the uh, for the initial team. Reeks of one of those American TV shows, like the American football ones, where he'll come in, make Kyle captain, half back, and go, look, just because you're the vet, you're going to hook him, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be interesting because it, that whole saga last year was just absolutely toxic for the Dragons, and yeah, he just didn't want to be there. So hopefully, new coach just come in with a bit more positivity and um, yeah, pull out a bit more twenty two season, and hopefully the fantasy stats are a little bit more favourable. Yeah. Now, next guy, Jack Bird, six hundred and forty two k break even of forty six. Now, we're not saying this guy's a stud. He's definitely not a dud, and he's probably a little bit of a bounce back in bounce back you know category there as well. So we don't actually have a you know, classification for this bloke, but he's very much in the cheese mould. We can nearly say that they've moved in together in the same apartment because there's plenty to like here. 642k break, even a 46. I had him twice last year, and he was he was really good at the start of the year. Loses that centre edge jewel, unfortunately, but he's got a little bit of position volatility here, Corbs. But what do you, you see him lining up on the edge, don't you? Yeah, well, that there was a bit of footage too with a scrimmage, and he was outside. Well, he's in the 11, wasn't he? So I think he will start at edge. You're talking about that run. He had these first four games at second row. He had an average of 56 and that included five missed tackles in three of those games. I think it was four, six and five. So he could easily and that was probably because he was sort of transitioning the year before center edge. It was a bit of a merry-go-round in positions. Second year at edge and then also about after those four games, the niggles just like what? What's his um, well, he's, issue? He's got a bit of arthritis. Yeah, goes a little bit. Yeah, it does. It really ramped up, and that you could see that affected his games. He was just looked like a, a shadow in some games. Just didn't want to get involved. So hopefully, he can start the year fresh and uh, similar to last year, and keep it going because when he's on, he, yeah, he had an average of up around the mid-50s. Yeah, he's lost seven kilos too, so it's good to see Jack back to his best, but I just can't do it. I've put him in the Ramian sort of, no, never again. So what are your thoughts? The, the big one is losing the centre duel. That is That was just his big selling point last year. Yeah. So I, I think while he's at edge, um, he will score better, but yeah, I'd there's just better, better, there's better edges. Yeah, absolutely. The yeah, guy yeah. that we might want, though, Zach Lomax, 591k break even of 43. Beam training between the centers and then also fullback. If one guy is the teacher's pet here, Corbs, it is definitely this guy because literally anything that Flano says, every second word is Zach Lomax. And he actually went into a bit of a description in the Telegraph Q&A the other day in terms of what he wants Zach Lomax to work on. I was actually surprised he unveiled it so much. It was more towards his footwork and just doing a little bit more work before he actually receives the ball, which was quite interesting just to hear Felano's thoughts here. But I'm pretty high on this guy. I think that I'm definitely not going to – he's too expensive to go round one. But having a look at their back end and kind of – we could easily, if he can live up to the promise that Flano wants, we could nearly, if, if he can hit that upper part of his ability, like I, I do think that he has the potential to be a keeper centre, man. Yeah, I've chucked in a narrative here. He was 11th best scoring centre, 23. <laughs> I'm predicting he's going to get a podium finish 
with a, a career high just below the 50 for season 2024. It, it also, a little Flano quote um, was asked about, it was a Thompson from Channel 9, yep. was asking where's Lomax training and playing and he said he's training a little at fullback which will help him at centre. So that tells me he's going to stay at centre. But he also, there was a little part there, you might be able to correct me, saying he wanted him to branch out and add a little bit more repertoire to his attack rather than just the skip on the outside and flick. Yeah, that's, pass, which, that, that's what he was talking about, the footwork before he receives the ball. So just putting him yeah. in, yeah. Well, and that fullback, getting him playing in that fullback and running a few lines and getting in the position there, is that going to help? And, I mean, that's remember Val Holmes in your 2016 GF. He's sort of, I know that we talk about Turbo and others roaming, but, Geez, he was a fair roamer. He almost started it back then. And then now you've got lots of different centers that um, play a little bit more loose. So I can see him, Manu's probably the, the best one when he gets on, on a tear. Mm. Lomax might have a little bit more freedom to get about. And he's the fittest in the club. I don't know if it's been said yet on any potty, but he's training the house down. <laughs> and that can only help team. him too. <laughs> The thing is with Sloan, like they don't have enough depth not to play Stone, Sloan in the seventeen, and the only nah. position he can play is fullback. Like you're not going to put him on the wing; he's too small. That's the same with Bird. I think in the perfect world, yeah, you might put him in at centre, but for what's best for the Dragons, but they've got yeah. Sully and Lomax, and yeah, if they don't put Sloan there, the other thing with Lomax, so he hasn't played fullback for what five, six years. It's not just as easy as strolling in. Like we've seen Latrell Mitchell with a fair transition period who is probably another tier above Lomax and there's plenty of other people that have done it before. So, yeah, I think it's good that he's getting a upskilling in a few areas with his attack and I'm, I'm hoping that he can uh, come in all guns blazing. But he would probably be my number one sort of look at of the Dragons to go over that origin period because I think he would be, yeah, pretty handy uh, in a couple of those weaker games and, yeah, just good buy coverage in a position where you could make up a lot of points in the centre. Yeah, agree, mate. Put him on your watch list, ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 no. Okay, dud time. We've got Jacob Little, 536k break even of 39. Now, Cobbs, I don't think it's the ability, and we have seen... Obviously, he's got a career average of 53 from 76 minutes when he does play those big minutes. But just the way that Flano has kind of gone in the past, especially when he doesn't have an experienced hooker. Like, we saw Michael Innes obviously play 80 minutes, but this guy's not Michael Innes. So, I think they'll be carrying two hookers. He's got an average of 39 from 53 minutes, PPM of 0.73. I think that's probably more of kind of what we'll see, kind of what he kind of produced last year, especially if they do sit someone else on the bench. Yeah, and that's what he's priced at. So that's why I've chucked him in here. I think with Flenno maybe getting that six, and if nothing else changes, he probably will start at nine. But then you've got that Connor Mulheason that he played five or six games towards the back end of last year. He's played plenty of New South Wales Cup. He's about the 22, 23. He's sort of ripe for a fair bit of NRL now. And, yeah, if he's stealing that 20-ish minutes, it still pretty much sits little at where he's, I'm sort of predicting him to get and he'll score pretty much the same. Yeah, good half, but a good hooker, sorry, but it just doesn't translate, I guess, into the, the points and his biggest thing is he needs time and 
yeah, I, I think the two hooker rotation is not going to help. Yeah. Okay, next one, Matt Fagai. Now, 309k break even of 22. Now, with Corey Allen doing his ACL, he's probably pretty much a lock here, Corbs, to get one of the winger spots now. But he just doesn't score tries, mate. So I guess it's one of those things, especially with struggling teams, these wingers, even if they do hit a little bit of base, they've just got no attacking stats to really give you any upside here, man. Yeah, there's been a bit of sample size with Matty now for a few years, hitting around that 23. I think he got 27 in 2022, but I just don't – like for maybe five points, maybe, and then he's hitting 22.5 for nearly a full season last year. I just don't think it's worth the risk. And in the wing of fullback position, I think it's probably better to buy up a little bit more because it is a high-scoring position. So I would think there'd be there'd be other spots um, or other players in a cheaper bracket to go, like your uh, Kotrick, Chevy Stewart, have a keep an eye on that yeah. Canberra team, but I'd be avoiding him. All those Raiders guys are going to be at basement price, which gives them the edge over Matt Figueroa because essentially yeah. he's priced about 75k too much. Now, next guy, Tommy Eisenhuth. Now, he comes in at 424k break, even of 31. Again, probably going to his own versatility here, Corbs, and he's been brought to the club for his experience, but his ability to play between the edge and mid probably makes him a, just a prime candidate for one of the bench spots, man. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. He'll be happy just to do whatever's best for the team at his age, come in 20 minutes. He'll also cover if Bird doesn't play the 80, if Bird's um, condition uh, sort of hurts him a little bit and fatiguing him, then he can come on and play the edge. Played centre in the day. Has he he played hooker? I think he's played a little bit of everywhere back in the day. Yeah, getting back to it. He's just a very versatile player, so... I think Flannel was on record just for saying he, experience was probably the main reason he got got him to come to the club just with such a young team, uh, young blokes coming through. But, yeah, even when he played second row, he'd never played 80 minutes at the Storm in 2023. And I think he only had an average of 35 there. So even if people were banking on him to get that second row spot, which I think he's going to be Sua and Bird, mm. it's – Still not flattering when his break even's thirty one. Four points so again, Piacora every day of the week. Yeah, and then you've got what a young guy like Russell as well. Like to take him off the bench, it might make more sense. Even if one of the guys got injured, it might just make sense just to keep Eisenhuth on the bench and run Danny Russell. Really? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of young guns which we'll get to in a bit, but and and even the Crouchman boys, they can um, Crouchman boys. Sorry, they are. Uh, They've got another season under their belt, so they'll be starting to push for a few more minutes. Yeah, for which sure. Is, which is only good. All right, let's move. Let's finish off with some cashies here because there's a couple of good players to look out for. We'll go to the obvious one first, mate. Cole Flanagan, 349k break even of 25. It just seems that everything's kind of working in his favour. His dad's the coach. The guy's, you know, obviously Amon had his legal problems. His contract's torn up. We've had Bronny Volkman come over to put a bit of pressure on him. Unfortunately, he's got a shoulder injury. He's out the door. So he's pretty much got a walk-up start at this stage. His dad's been giving him plenty of raps as well. I want to see in these trials corps what exactly he means by Kyle is helping Ben Hunt run the team because I've got no idea what the hell that means, but I'm very interested to find out. Yes, so am I. He reduced price due to the bench roll at the end of the 23 season 
is always a win. And like you've only got to go back a few seasons, maybe not to the Roosters one because they had a red-hot team mm. and we had that mid-50 average. But when he played at the Dogs, first came over in 2021, he had a 46.5 average and that was a poor Dogs team. Very poor. Uh, only had 120 kick metres average last year. So I think if going along those lines of helping Ben Hunt maybe take a bit of kick pressure, I can see him probably doubling that, gaining a few extra points again. So just, yeah, if he starts at half, I can see a pretty comfortable plus 10 price increase. Yeah, I'm gonna, And I'm with gonna that start of the yeah. season, in those, uh, what is it, five of the bottom seven teams in their first six games, that's only going to be a win for uh, you know one of your starting halves. Yeah, I'm going to join you with a 10-point of value there because, what, 2022 he averaged, what, 32 next to Burton, and he only averaged 77 kick metres and five goals for the entire year. Last year, in the eight games that he played, he averaged 33 at 5'8", and 121 kick metres and only six goals across the six games that he played as well. So technically, I think that he's pretty much priced at kind of his bottom. And I think that he's got some upside playing under his dad again. With respect to the Dogs, I do think that the Dragons actually have some good players around him him as well. So, yeah, I'm going to join you on that. I actually do think that he's got 10 points of value. I do love the draw part that you've brought up, and I think he's probably worth the punt. Again, let's watch let's watch the trials. This might even be better than what we're actually anticipating. I'm actually thinking that there's going to be a bit of a balance with Ben Hunt here. So I'm not going, I'm not getting carried away with it. But I do think that Cole Flanagan, I think him playing hooker last year as well will do him a world of good because there's no doubt it will toughen him up a little bit defensively as well. So yeah, I'm on with you, man. Yeah, well, he would be the only one I would be looking at to start with, unless there was some crazy. Bench roll or injuries happen in the trials, but F Leno, the father-son duo, let's get on, <laughs> get on it. Now, next guy, Hamay Sele. Now, he comes in at 450k break, even of 33. Plenty of wraps on him. He returns to the Dragons. He's another journeyman that is obviously returning back to one of his former clubs. But 2023, average 33 from 30, 39 minutes here, Corbs. Probably expecting a similar role here, man. Yeah, once I got excited thinking, oh, yeah, SLA, good player, you know, watching, passing the eye test, very good for the bunnies, but always was down the pecking order with a couple of their big dog forwards. Mm. But then when I looked at it, he's 0.85 points per minute. It just didn't, it wasn't overly exciting. And I just, once you worked out a crunch of numbers of the pack and the minutes, I just don't think he's maybe at a stretch four, five-point increase in value, but just not enough, especially when you just don't know what Flino is going to do. And you've like that's banking on Eisenhuth getting maybe 20 minutes and Francis Molo getting 30, which they could easily get more, another five or so on that. So, yeah, he's fallen out of – he's a cashier, of course, if, if the role is good for him, but it's just you're predicting a role. And in the trials, I don't know if we'll get too good of an idea on how yeah, big minute roles he's going to get because they never like yeah. really give you too much with the, the minutes in the mids. It's more positional for who's playing outside backs and whatnot. So. It would have been nicer, Corbs, if his price started with a three, I think, 
like even a mid to high yeah. threes, you would have been a little bit more comfortable. The other thing with Sele, he's a crazy man. He got knocked out a couple of times cold in those first few minutes because he was just throwing himself just willy-nilly. That's always the risk when you've got crazy guys like Sele. You, what you needed is you needed the bunnies because they had a lot of injuries in their forward pack, which propped him up to play bigger minutes last year. If they just played yep. a fully healthy side all the way through 2023, obviously things would have been different and we would have got him at a cheaper price, but that probably stifled him a little bit for, for 24. So there's money to be made there, but probably just not enough. And, yeah, you're banking on maybe the three-date rule there with Flenno just to see what he's going to do with those forwards. Yeah, I think so. Because minutes over 40, he had nine of those and he scored, a, what, a 36.6 average in 45 minutes. So he's got a PPM of 0.8. So it's all with Flano giving him 50 minutes and you might see some value, but we've got to see it first, Corb. So I think that's a safe one. Yeah. Three-date him. But let's finish off with a very, very good player now. He's not in the game yet here, Corb. Now, Dylan Egan, we've watched a couple of his interviews from last week. He's coming back from a knee injury, but he's got quite a nice extensive past, and he played a little bit of New South Wales Cup here. What do you got on him? Yeah, the 44 average in New South Wales Cup last year, the four is an edge, hard-running edge, red hair, which is always a win. <laughs> four games at starting edge, he had an average of 49, and... For the three games he played, 80 minutes, he had 54. Now, we've been trapped before with looking at New South Wales Cup stats into our NRL stats, but I just feel he could be a late-season cashy that will make his debut probably for that, yeah, back third of the season. And I'm just going back to – there was a bit of good juice from uh, Flano. Like you said, he he sort of lays it all out on the table, but – he was saying there's a few rookies to make their mark. He said in 2025, but you'll see some debuts in 2024. And I think he might be one of the, the players that's at the forefront of that. Yeah, well, we saw Daniel Russell last year get his opportunity, right? So if they're struggling again, those last kind of six or seven games, if they can't make the finals, they might you know, give him a start. It might be that cashy that we need to cash down and then get one of the big superstars. Yeah, so save your trades, shooter. And you might have a little bit of money to, uh, or a trade, sorry, to get Egan and uh, spend up big. Dylan Egan, watch out for that name. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in today. We have plenty of videos on the social media. Just go to TikTok, Facebook, or Instagram, Talking League One, sorry, Talking League Pod, or Talking League One on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Let us know out of the draggies, will you be going, guys, like Kyle Flanagan, or potentially Lomax during the year? We'd love to hear your thoughts. But we will check you for one of the next team previews soon. See you later.